Welcome to the Mindfuckery podcast, which is featured in Feedspot's top 10 of emotional abuse podcasts. I'm your host, Elizabeth. In here, we explore areas that others fear to tread. We talk about the mindfuck that was your life, and we talk honestly about what happened because, beautiful soul, these honest conversations are key to creating the life you were born to live. I wrote my first book, Finding Lily, sat on a beach in Greece as my marriage was crumbling around me. My second book, The A to Z of Emotional Abuse, followed as I discovered a new language, words and phrases that I had no idea existed, but began to realize had been my reality. And my third book, Divorce Matters, has been written to support you through this process. It's an important stage of the healing. You can get the closure you need, heal the emotional wounds, and because your divorce matters are important as well, getting the information that you've been told to not ask for. And you can start to create the life you deserve to live. I'm the founder of The Divorce Sanctuary and Wound Talking. I've been a woundologist for over 20 years, working with past life wounds, clearing ancestral trauma, and working with this life wounding. And I'm on a mission to help educate as many people as I can on the effects of trauma on our lives and our children's lives and healing the wounds of our mothers and fathers. It stops here, it stops now, and it stops with us. So welcome along for the journey of a lifetime. Hello and welcome to episode 16. At the moment, it hasn't got a title, but I'm sure I'll come up with one by the end of it. I want to talk about the different processes of processing trauma, the ones that I believe work and also talk about bottom-up processing and top-down processing. Now a few years ago top-down processing or top-down would be putting the top down on a convertible car but it isn't that. I was on a course back in 2016. I was at a speaker academy and doing some training And part of that was looking at what we did and coming up with a challenging statement in our area. And there were so many different people that had done different things. They were working in different areas. It were people that were selling stocks and shares. There were people that were selling Bitcoin. Uh, I can't actually think what there were. Coaches. There were lots of different people on this course. So it was quite interesting. And at the time, as I was putting together and constructing my talk, I was challenging counselling. And the reasoning behind that, and I still stand by it, it helped me to a degree, but it's processing, getting in order what happened. It doesn't do the healing. Trauma affects us on so many different levels. It hits us in the body and we're completely unaware of that. And these emotionally abusive relationships affect our minds. They affect us emotionally. They affect us mentally, physically, spiritually, financially. And every area of those has its unique set of trauma. If you think about financial abuse, the fear that comes with not knowing how you're going to survive, not knowing how you're going to pay a bill, not knowing that you can do this alone. The trauma of all of this combined sits in the body. I haven't described it like this for a while, but it's like a Veruca. If we don't heal and get the full root out, get to the root cause, the trauma will sit there it will lay dormant until it's triggered again. 
our bodies hold so much information. It's like perhaps maybe a car engine that is not quite functioning properly and our minds are the computerized dashboard and we keep it keeps flashing up a light saying that there's a malfunction somewhere. At some point, if we don't deal with that malfunction, that orange or amber light, it could turn to a red light and the red light cuts the car out completely, makes it undrivable. When we go through an emotionally abusive relationship, the first thing that people might suggest is that you go and seek a talking therapy. You sit and you discuss what happened and it does offer processing. It does help you like a child's shape sorter. It helps you process. It helps you put the blocks in order. It helps you find the right shape for the situation or the right hole for the shape that you've got, which is the shape representing your situation. So top down is going in at the head and processing what happened. But my belief and my experience, I've been doing this for 21 years now. I've seen and worked with people who have been affected, their lives have been affected by trauma that has come from past life. They've experienced something in another life and that trauma has come with them and they're still experiencing it in this lifetime. I've worked with so many people that have got ancestral trauma, that they are affected by what happens to, it could be a grandparent, it could be a great, 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 great grandparent. I've been back and worked with people for thousands of years and we've followed that timeline back and this life wounding. And I use lots of different techniques, but wound talking and the original wound is literally getting to exactly what happened, where it started. It's like standing in front of a mirror. The person that was emotionally abusive and in some instances physically abusive is highlighting to you your wounds. They've seen them. It's like they've got a pair of binoculars or a scanner. They're able to scan you. They've got a set of questions. They're able to ask you a question and your response will take them down a route. And if you keep responding in the right way, they know that they can hook you in. They can reel you in, that you're going to be a good catch. How is it that some people spot them? They know the people that have spotted them and they then play the victim. By working with the body, we can get to that trauma. We can get to those wounds. And coming out of these relationships, there are so many of them. They can come from our beliefs about ourselves. They trigger within us a belief about ourselves that we're not good enough or unlovable. Some of the reasons that you might want to get back into that relationship are for that reason that you've been told by them and by other people, verbally and non-verbally, this can happen. We stay in relationships through fear. We stay in relationships through familiarity. If you had a parent or both parents that were not available in any way, emotionally or physically, you might stay in relationships because you don't want to give up. Because in your family unit, you might have seen other siblings or other people in your family get the attention. They're seen and heard and you're not. And you hang on in those situations thinking, it's going to be my turn soon. If I do this, it's going to be my turn. If I wait a bit longer, it'll be my turn. 
This is why people stay, my belief. We stay because it's familiar. We stay because we don't see it as abusive. Or on some level we do. We might have seen the red flags, but they're able to bypass. And like the parasite that I spoke about, I think it was last week, they're able to change the brain chemistry. And like that mouse that is no longer fearful of the cat, they've changed your brain chemistry. By working bottom up, we're able to work directly with the wounds. We're able to talk to the wounds. We're able to connect to the wounds. And if you have had any form of talking therapy, which is the one that I was challenging when I was on the course, you'll know that it takes a while to build relationships. You'll know that it takes a while to be honest about what was happening in that relationship. I've spoken before about one of the therapists that I was working with and I went, I can't remember how many sessions in we were. And he turned around to me and he was like really confused. He said, this isn't the person that you first told me about. What you're talking about today isn't the the person that you walked in when we first met telling me about. Because when I walked in and I was talking about the relationship, I was still protecting it. I was still still protecting the idea. I was stuck in a trauma loop. I was living from fear. I was living in overwhelm. When our safety is threatened in any way, our body works automatically. We learn during childhood how to protect ourselves. And actually it goes even deeper than that. But we definitely learn techniques in our childhood, ways of protecting ourselves. It might be that we avoided certain situations. We might have heard people talking and walked away. Or as you approach a room, you can hear something and you think, oh, not going in there. I know I'm going to get the blame for that. We learned techniques. We learned ways of coping. We learned strategies. And this is why it's so important. The earlier you can get children out of a situation like that, the better. The earlier you can get them to safety. Those first seven to eight years are crucial in a child's development. And if all they see and hear and experience is traumatic, they will be living from a trauma response. And the bottom-up process is working with that. It's turning off those trauma loops and have you reacting and reacting, reacting. The two common ones that people are aware of are fight and flight and the body prepares itself working out whether it's got enough energy whether it's big enough whether it's strong enough to take on its opponent or whether it's got enough energy to run away to get out of a situation just like the child that is about to walk into a room and hears maybe raises voices or something and doubles back to a place of safety A small child isn't in a position that they can fight. They might be able to run and hide. They might be able to sneak away. And a child that's constantly experiencing that lives in that trauma. The other two are fawn and freeze. Now, you might actually hear a lot of people talk about three, which are fight, flight, freeze. But there's fawning. How did you get out of a situation safely? How did you calm down a situation? Did you talk your way? Did you change the tone of your voice? Were you aware acutely of the change in atmosphere? It literally feels like it's changing. You might be experiencing this in a loop, meaning that you haven't turned off that trauma. That experience was never finalized. 
One of my explanations for the difference between complex and post-traumatic stress involves a car and you might be a passenger or you might be a driver in a car and you're driving along and to the side of you there's a road and somebody comes up to that junction too fast and it might create fear in you and in your eye and your mind because you literally disconnected at this point you might react in a certain way it might create a fear response within you the driver whether that's yourself might slam on the brakes they might swerve they might take action in some way the car gets to the junction and stops and the difference here is that you're able to process maybe there's a corner and the driver's come around too fast and didn't realize the junction was straight after that corner and what you're able to do is process that event you can see you can feel you can understand what happened to a degree that is the closing down of a trauma or a traumatic experience you've got a start a middle and an end and in some of these relationships you don't get that you don't have an understanding of what happened you don't have a finality there are so many things that have been triggered within you that they're all firing off so some of the things that you can do to help yourself while you're working through this process are look around you find and create a safe environment it's one of the things that i teach create an environment that is helpful for you it might be that if you're in a relationship with someone and you're trying to get out that you use the bathroom you finding a corner of a bedroom or uh, to meditate or journal probably isn't going to happen living in fear that you're going to be caught or asked what's going on or threatened in some way but you can go to the toilet or you should majority of people are able to go to the toilet and lock the door i do appreciate not everybody will have that luxury when we went into lockdown in 2020 there were so many reasons that it was wrong from the child being at home in a environment to a parent not having that school run to do and I can't remember what the statistic was that I found out later of women and men who that was the only time in the day that they had free from that environment, from the abuse. A safe space could be anything. It could be the school run. It could be taking a dog for a walk. It could be doing an errand for a neighbor. So creating somewhere safe, as long as you know it's safe, and said a toilet is a brilliant one if you are able to lock the door you can even light a candle and use that as an excuse to cover up a smell your body needs time to rest and if you're sleeping it in the same bed as someone who is abusing you it is always going to be in a reactive mode i spoke a few weeks ago about feeling it might have i can't remember it might have been the youtube video and not feeling being in that trauma state, you have no feeling. And I was saying, I looked in the mirror, I could see myself, I didn't recognize that person. And the only time I felt anything was when I was in traumatic pain. I was numb. Every area of my life was numb. I was completely out of touch with everything. That's why things like grounding and breathing are so important. You're in touch with your body. 
even for that short moment of time. But you're equally you're coming out of your mind and your mind has been tricked. Your mind has been told what is true is a lie and the lies it's being told are being, t- are being played off as the truth. If you're out of the relationship, start processing One of the most powerful things that you can do, there are so many powerful things, honest conversations is one of them. The quicker you can get the realization that this is abusive, the easier it is for you to process. The quicker you can admit to the wounds and even being honest about wanting to get back into that relationship, even being honest about how you feel Sorry, I've lost track of where I was. But at the time you divorce, there are going to be so many emotions going on. And you will still be, if you're still processing at this point, you could still be wanting to get back into that relationship. You could be still asking yourself if you've done the right thing. Did you make a mistake? By being surrounded by the people that are there to support you, that have been through it, that understand and understand those emotions, you can get through this a lot quicker. For me, the bottom-up approach, getting in touch with your body, getting in touch with your emotions, with your thought process, closing those trauma loops. Another powerful thing, apart from honest conversations, is writing out the story. And quite often, when I used to get caught up with thinking, oh my gosh, this is my fault. I did this. I was this person. He was right. I would go and write a story. I would write a timeline. And then I would see in front of me. I had the evidence in front of me. Whereas my mind had been tricked into believing what I'd been told, I was able to start to break that down. I know I've spoken about this before in shamanic healing, there's something called dismemberment. That's taking everything apart, breaking it all down, and then putting it back together. I'm working with a friend at the moment, we're running a journey for people, breaking down and going through in a shamanic way, but there's so many different elements. This is about calling back part of ourselves that were lost. This is about working with the ancestral wounding this is working with past life wounding and doing this over about six weeks small little snippets every day I was talking about a car and the car engine and if there's something maybe a rattle or a small leak you have to pull it all apart maybe to change a seal or to tighten a nut or a bolt or something And then you put it back together. And that's what that process is. Writing out your story in a safe environment helps you process this was not you. And then once you've got through that process, you can see your wounds and you can take responsibility for the role you played in the relationship and for the healing that needs to happen. So top down isn't putting the roof down on a convertible. This is working with the talking therapies and processing. Bottom up is working with the wounds, is working with the trauma loops, is working with calming the body down. To me, this is my honest opinion, the bottom up process is the better one. If you'd like to find out anything more, there are so many resources that I've got available on my website. There's free resources. Obviously, there's the podcast, but I've got a YouTube channel as well. I've got journaling prompts. I've got self-care. I've got another free workbook, Turning Broken Broken Into Your Superpower. Write out your story. Find a safe space. Ground and breathe. Once you're in your body, I promise you, your body is much safer than your mind. Your mind has been tricked. Like that mouse, the chemicals have been changed in it. 
If you'd like to join me on this journey, we're using Venus the Goddess. I'll put the link down in the show notes. I hope this has been helpful and I'm sending you loads and loads of love until next time.